Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We're live over on YouTube. We're live on Crowdcast, or maybe you're listening to us later. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, tune in. You don't Lots have to of plug other things. other things. Just say, you know, wherever you get your, you know what I mean? Wherever you get your podcasts? Yeah. Oh, you got some edits 15 years into the show, Pete? I do. <laughs> I do. I have notes. <laughs> Notes. Actually, uh, while we're talking about notes, let me just take this moment. Hey, um, Justin, I heard about your uh, podcast, Why the Zalbs, man. Can I be like a guest or maybe co-host that with you? Because that would be awesome. That would be fun. I don't know exactly what you mean, but um, I'm here for it. If you want, you want to do a podcast where you and I talk about Alex? It's called Why the Zalbs, man. This is a callback from a bit you were doing on another podcast. Oh, wait, were you why listening cast, to man? our Why the Last Man podcast, the podcast that you've generally avoided, Pete? Is that... Why the cast, man. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, this is a great time to plug. We had a great chat with the showrunner of Why the Last Man on our Why the Cast Man podcast. Uh, she talked all about the first season, adapting the comic book, as well as hopes for season two. Gave some great info about what could happen in the second season. And also... I did bring this up because it would have been nonsense if we were talking about it, but I felt like she was almost speaking directly to you at points, Pete, because she was talking about how some people were very put off by the beginning of the season being all about a pandemic where a lot of people died and felt like, you know, it's the sort of thing it's more bingeable that if you get through half of the season go, whoa, 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 hold on. This is what the, this is the comic book. This is what we like. This is what we're into. Then you might be more into it. So, so what do you say, Pete, you're going to go back and watch why the last man helped save the show. I, I I definitely want to try to go back with a you know and uh, we watch it for sure. I mean I I feel bad. It was one of my favorite comics of all time, but it was just it's a lot. It's a lot. Right now. She talked about watch. yeah. You definitely should watch it. She talked about how the viewership was just missing one person, and that's why it got canceled. Oh, that's too bad. You know, problem. well you know you do what you can. You know what I mean. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Justin, I can't believe you blew me off on that. I thought for sure, like you would let me guest or co-host with you, but that's fucked up, man. It's real fucked up. Do you think we have enough material to do a podcast dedicated to us binge watching Alex for the last uh, sixteen years? <laughs> that is not. I was hoping that we would just complain about Zelbs the whole time. I thought it would oh, be a fun. You could do a recap no, we have to... of my life every week. I'd be up for that. <laughs> that There's not much be. going on other than these podcasts, though. Let me be honest. I feel like I sort of do a recap of your life every week already on this podcast. So I feel pretty good. Now, let's move on to something else. Uh, Should we talk about the drink you keep toasting, Justin? We have our curated drink by Brett Macris, our CBC chef. He has been uh, picking out drinks on patreon.com slash comic book club from the Gotham City cocktail book. This week's is the Bloodhaven 
I never know exactly how to pronounce that, whether that's Bloodhaven or I think or it's Bude. just Bloodhaven. Look at Bude. you with the fancy uh, ice cubes there. You don't do regular uh, ice cubes? You it do specifically a... says make it with a large ice cube. It's like a Negroni with uh, dry vermouth instead of sweet vermouth. Is, Is that, that like uh, a Death Star uh, ice cube you got in there? Like what? This? Yeah. No, it's just a regular round ice cube. Sorry, Pete, when you live in Brooklyn, much like the Grinch's heart, your ice cubes grow 10 times more. And uh, that's just the size they are from here on out. Wow. Yeah. Good stuff, though. Really like this cocktail. Good choice for Very Brett. good cocktail. Yes. If you want to get, you got a Mountain Dew, Pete. It's been a rough day. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> well, drinking that Mountain Dew, it's about to get rougher, buddy. So, yeah. Uh, last thing to mention before we get to our great guests that we have on the show today. Now we've been asking you guys for the past couple of weeks. If you want to leave a comment on iTunes with a question for later in the show, we're happy to answer it. Or alternately, if you want to challenge us to read a book and review a book right here on the podcast, we'll do it too. Got a bunch of great comments on iTunes over the past week, but I did want to read one off in the beginning here. This is yes. from Natch on iTunes. I've been listening to CBC every week for well over a decade now. Hands down my favorite podcast. Warning, do not listen while driving. I've narrowly avoided multiple car accidents while laughing at, I mean with, these guys during my commute. (laughs) Please don't get into car accidents. I'm writing this from beyond the grave because I've died. No, he didn't say that. Uh, Anyway, He's screaming, stop, stop! (laughs) Pull over, man! Don't... Yeah, and Don't Pete, you got to cut out with the wee-oo, sounds that you do on every podcast, because oh, that freaks people out. Anyway, guys, could you review at least the Ten first two. volume of Corner Alan Moore's right. Swamp Corner Thing? Right. One of my favorite runs of all time. So there you go. we got a yeah. challenge before us. Oh, we, we got, got called review. out. We got called out. Because let it leak. Our big secret. Not my big secret. I've read it. It's oh, I yes, know. You've you read it. it. Uh, Pete and I both have the secret shame of we haven't read Alan Moore's something. So here we go. We've been challenged by Conanach. We are going to do it. We will Selvin, buy a copy, send it to me so I can read it, and I appreciate it. Oh, because you don't support comic book shops? It's been a hard time for them over the past two years, uh, Pete. You handle the money. That's why. Okay, Okay, baby. I'll get you a, a sweet comic book. Oh, thank you. Where's thank my you. allowance, Alex? Uh, come on. I did all my chores. I did all my podcasts. I did all my podcasts. <laughs> sure. I want I'll, a comic book. I've been I'll good. buy you a graphic novel, baby. Yeah! Okay. Why don't we welcome our guest here into the stream? He is a prolific writer and has a new book from Image Comics coming out tomorrow called New Bird. He's Chip Sadarsky. Yes. And this book is amazing. I'm very excited to chat about it. Chip, welcome back to the show. Oh, hello. hello. Oh, are you guys fucking done? <laughs> <laughs> wow, this guy. Talking about your cocktails and your TV shows? That's fair. Yeah, sorry fair. about that. That's very fair. Sorry about I love that. The, I love the artifice of, like, like I just popped in right now instead of just being backstage this whole time. Just being like, why am I not talking about this stuff with these guys? Yeah. We can talk about it. special time for the three of you. Uh, not to interrupt it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. We're trying you to feel like the an theatrical... Outsider. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Save your exactly. opinions. Well... Yeah. Uh, let's talk about New Bird. Let's yeah, get right. into that because the book cool. is great. It comes out tomorrow. Um, the So I, I was about to do the pitch for it, but. I love it. it Go. Okay. It's. Yeah. It's well, I, no, the, the reason that I'm like a little. Uh, I want to hold back is I don't know if the pitch, like what New Bird is, who he is, do you consider that a spoiler or is that part of the pitch of the book? I, I think it's part of the pitch. There's enough kind of things that 
unfold in the comic that people will still uh, be surprised by, hopefully. So he's, you describe him in a certain point book. He's like, he's a detective who works for all the mobs. He's basically. Oh, don't, don't give, don't give that away. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. You know, we well, rarely get uh, someone as a guest on the show who can really burn Alex down in this way. And it's beautiful. Image yeah. Comics calls you tomorrow. is like, we were going to sell a hundred thousand copies, except. Oh. They Except really did last still night. Had the whole premise. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I love this idea. I love this character. I love the way the book oh, uh, unfolds over the course of it. And like you said, this central idea that he works for multiple bombs is something that plays into the mystery, but it's only a small part of the book. Where yeah. Did it start with that pitch? Did it start with that idea? Or where, was there another place the character began? I mean, it started with the idea of working with Jacob. Mm-hmm. Um like this is going back maybe four or five years ago uh, at the Toronto Comic Arts Festival. He was here with his dad, Sean. And, uh, you know, he's just a, a youngster, just kind of fresh out of illustration school doing his uh, illustrations. And uh, and I, I, I saw his stuff and I was like, wow, he's, he's really good. And um, maybe a month later, I, uh, I ordered one of his mini comics uh, online. Oh, and when it, when it showed up, I was just like, oh, I got to get my hooks in this young man. <laughs> oh, nice! Uh, like an exclusive uh, thing. So yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly on it. new talent is what you're saying. I, that's I, I've been success. I've been friends with uh, Edward Baker for like 10, 15 years now, and um, it angers me his relationship with uh, Sean Phillips. Um, <laughs> even if I casually say something about maybe doing a thing with Sean, he just like you know the fangs and the the claws oh, come out. So I'm just like, well, I got to get it on the ground floor of of this Jacob kid because he's unbelievable. It's good. So His that, book, That Tech is Blood, I'm a huge yeah. fan of that book as well. It's, it's really so good. good. And like, th- I hadn't even seen that because he hadn't started that when we started talking about this. Um, but yeah, it started with a conversation with him because I was like, the way it goes with most uh, artists, uh, I started with, um, what do you want to draw? Like, what? where do your interests lie? Uh-huh. And so he just kind of gave me some locations really and things like he wanted to keep it really real and grounded and like a city and he wanted i remember specifically he said oh i wouldn't mind like part of it in a prison so i'm like okay all right uh <laughs> sure and and so i just started to think about it and um I, I wanted to do a detective story for a while and you know it's it's just as cheesy as it sounds like i was just walking down the street when the idea kind of hit me of this guy who was on retainer to all the the mob families. I think I was just thinking of like United Nations inspectors going into like mm-hmm. war torn countries right. and like you're not allowed to mess with them. They're going into like determine yeah, yeah. what's gone wrong. So as soon as I thought of that and transposed that onto the idea of a private detective, like everything just kind of started to fall into place. And uh, and I was able to squeeze the prison stuff into issue <laughs> three, four. So Jacob was pretty happy about that. But uh, yeah, yeah, it just, just kind of came to me and um, Jacob was all on board. And I knew he's doing um, uh, that Texas Blood, uh, but I, I, I assumed it was a miniseries. <laughs> <laughs> so he starts drawing Newburn, and all of a sudden I'm just like, "Oh, oh, that's that's still going too." Wait, what the hell? How is he doing he this? And he's busy. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's coloring his dad's work as well. Like wow. he's the colorist in all those books. Wow. Um, and he's just he's just that fast and just that good. Like it's Damn. unbelievable. He when does you're everything young, on you it don't too. Need there is that too. Like I, I always find working with with artists, um, the writer part of me loves 
how great they are, the artist part of me is furious. Because <laughs> yeah. he's so he's so good and he's so fast, and oh, wow. uh, and uh, he's he's you know kind of an artist after my own heart because he does everything, uh, which is kind of what I did on <laughs> Sex Criminals and what I do on my own stuff. Like he letters it, colors it, designs wow. it all. Well, actually, I do the design on this, but yeah. Those gritted there... teeth compliments you're giving him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like Great! 23 or whatever. I don't know. Drives me nuts. Was there, uh, and maybe this is more on Jacob's side, but I'm curious. You've talked about this. Was there anybody in real life, like an actor or something, that would inspire the look of Newbird? Because he feels so old Hollywood iconic to me without specifically being anybody. Yeah. Yeah, not, not really. I just I think I described him as just like kind of a more weathered, older John Ham, hmm. like 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 Ooh. like in Mad Men, just where like old Ham, where he could just like cut you down with like one line, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, I I don't know. I mean, uh, Jacob's much like myself. He uses a lot of kind of photo reference and models, so I don't know um, who his specific reference is for Newburn. Um, I know, I know his dad uses like a, um, it's like a, uh, it's a series of books of photos from like, I think the seventies, which was like mm. specifically for artists. And it's one of those things where like, I remember I, I saw those books in an uh, illustration studio, like a couple decades ago. And I started to spot Sean Phillips faces in it. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh my God, that's crazy. And then I started to spot Frank Miller faces in it, oh, but then wow. other artists too. And then I realized, Oh, this is the thing. Like these books are being used like by all these artists. So, so maybe Jacob's got those from his dad too. And he's got somebody in there that looks just like Easton Newburn. Yeah. Like you were cool. saying, this character is, so taciturn he's so interior yeah. at points does that put more pressure on the rest of the characters to deliver the dialogue throughout and sort of fill in those spaces yeah yeah because like i don't know with a lot of my writing um you either have the character like quip a lot say things out loud a lot or uh i fall back on like with daredevil like i fall back on like the the inner monologue captions right Mm -hmm. to kind of set the tone and to give reader information so um it's a little bit challenging trying to like follow the rules that i've set out with uh with newburn but um but yeah it's i feel like he doesn't really need to say much like he's kind of like in each story he kind of gains the information at the end he's like all right here's here's how i figured it out you know, it's a, it's a kind of follows that kind of procedural um, kind of template for him. Also, Did you have to do a lot of research for this. It feels reading this. I was like, oh, this is a real understanding of crime that uh, I feel like I don't have. Are you asking me if I'm a criminal? Is that what's going on? <laughs> yeah, that's what, I guess that's yeah, yeah. A, sort of a slow way of being like, how much crime are you committing now? Yeah, yeah. How do you balance that research? With your um, a lot of it, I mean, the research kind of came a little bit later. Um, like as we kind of go on and kind of get deeper into the different crime families, I would research a lot about the crime families in New York, uh, and, uh, and uh, read books and kind of online articles on different kind of factions and then fictionalizing them. Cause, uh, I don't want to be uh, murdered. So, I mean, a lot of the crimes are kind of based loosely on some real crimes um as we kind of go through but it, it's it, it's fun kind of writing these kind of mysteries mm-hmm. like in in issue two in the next issue it kind of revolves around an arson so i had to like i had to study arson 
and like how how they determine the point of yeah exactly how to determine the point of origin of a burn and what kind of burn it would be um so so writing these kind of books is fun because you're kind of like you're solving it backwards like i know who did it when i start writing it and then i kind of have to like figure out the pieces that they can solve uh to actually get to that point so that part's been a lot of fun and, and also uh the different thing about this one is it's a 16 page format so I'm so used to writing like 20 page or mm-hmm. you know DC 21, 22 page um, to condense it into the 16 pages um, is super challenging, but it makes it feel brisk, which I like. Mm-hmm. Have so, you had yeah. to cut a lot because of that? Have you been sort of overshooting it because you're more used to the other format? A little bit, yeah. The first couple of issues were hard. Like my first pass would almost always end up at 20 <laughs> and i'm like it's an image right. book and i could probably get away with it because you can you know i learned this on sex criminals if we need the extra page we just give ourselves the extra page that's fine but um but i wanted like i didn't want to overburden jacob because i <laughs> i knew he was doing other work um, <laughs> but also i want to like keep that challenge and and go like well no this story can be told in 16 pages like now i just got to figure out how to do it you know, there are, there are a few tips and tricks that I picked up from other writers, much better writers over the years. You know, usually when you write a scene, um, you don't quite realize that um, you don't need the first few panels. Right. Like, like you can you can you can cut a lot and just kind of jump closer to the action to kind of keep it moving. But everyone likes to start off with like a couple of guys walking down the hallway, drinking a cup of coffee and talking about a thing before they get to what you need to get to. Mm-hmm. Well, you need every character to hit an alarm clock to start the issue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that you know, like exactly, and then they get up and they stretch their arms as we all do when we as wake we all up do naturally. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> so once you cut that stuff out, um, all of a sudden really the, the pace gets a lot more brisk. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, one of a movie I love is uh, Michael Clayton, and uh, I was catching oh, some yeah. vibes uh, in here. Um, now the, that that movie, it's like a character who is like doing sort of bad business. Yeah, but that's yeah. A, a movie, and by the end of the movie, um, he ends up being a hero, or he does some heroic yeah. things. This is a, a series. Um, how are you gonna? He's doing bad things. How does he end up? Yeah. How is he gonna be a hero? Issue in and issue out. All right, I'll tell you exactly what happens. No, all this is great. <laughs> well, I just mean that, that, that to me is a writing challenge of being yeah. like, how do I stride that line? lot well it's funny because like uh i'm i'm i've written seven issues of this um but also i've written the first draft of uh, a tv pilot for it and um so with that one like the the kind of notes i get are just like you know hey you know is he a hero because like we kind of need him to be a bit of a hero so like uh i'm kind of i'm dropping more stuff into the tv pilot that i was going to wait to drop in in the comic (laughs) um but like ultimately he's keeping everything in check if he wasn't doing this job there'd be gang wars there'd be murders there'd be like a lot more kind of like flare-ups of violence without him kind of keeping everyone in check so uh i think there's a part of him that justifies what he does um in terms of like the, the the bigger picture you know so wait has this already been picked up for tv or is this just sort of on spec no, it it got picked up. It was kind of a weird thing where, um, like, over the pandemic, Jacob and I, we we finished, like, three issues. And uh, and I showed them to my agent, and he was like, 
oh my god this is like <laughs> this is like yeah. perfect for tv like uh he he had like weird dollar signs in his eyes and the tongue coming out like, <laughs> oh, oh boy just like oh just okay. agent. Not an agent I've only yeah. ever gotten an agent to get scent signs in his eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Aruka scent signs. Yeah. Um, that is great. But uh, but yeah, so um, uh, it kind of like quickly kind of made its way around, and um, like we got a, a deal like um, rather fast without even really pitching it to anyone, which was nice because we just kind of showed a bunch of people like, oh, here's three issues of this thing, and then it was kind of up to them to kind of bid against each other and like get the rights to it because i've heard horror stories like i've never done it myself like on sex criminals i let uh matt handle all of that mm-hmm. um uh but you hear all these stories about like you know having to pitch to people and like put together your powerpoint presentation and stuff i'm just like oh i just don't want to do it i don't want to do it and, and like luckily i didn't have to for this um you know the uh that's amazing yeah yeah so it everything happened quickly and then now i gotta kind of figure out how to write a pilot which is uh not as easy as i thought it was going to be so that's that's fun i i never really had ambitions to do that mm-hmm. which is kind of part of it like i got this agent years ago and he was like so you know i can get you writing on this show or that show or you could do this i'm like i don't know i don't want i don't want to do that i like comics <laughs> and, but with this it was just was like, like all right call me in 10 years <laughs> yeah i know but but with this one it was just like i, I think maybe it was partly just pandemic related i was just like oh i kind of want to see if i can do it right mm. like see if uh i have it in me uh the answer is uh, probably not <laughs> unfortunately well i hope so uh, yeah. i do really think like one of the cool things about this character is how he kind of like moves it's it definitely kind of like this like guy who's been there before kind of above the law between yeah. two worlds and what's really impressive is the way that comes through in the comic as well it's not something oh. you kind of like you know hope shows up on the page it's really impressive the way this guy kind of like moves throughout the world and it's a little different which really kind of draws you to this like who is this guy what is going on here it's pretty oh, cool. cool thanks yeah i appreciate it yeah i mean a lot of it is just jacob's character acting too he's so good at like making him like this kind of imposing presence even if he's in a room with people that should be more imposing mm. you know yeah well yeah. talk a little bit about the rest of the characters because we only meet a couple of them in this issue but you have such a strong central figure how do you yeah. flesh out the rest of the world there i mean yeah it's uh the rest of the world's kind of there to um to help move the plot along and to give uh, a bit more kind of, I guess, character moments because Newbern doesn't have a lot of them himself. <laughs> uh, I, I like the idea that everyone he kind of runs into or has in his life, he still butts heads with. Like, um, we have his ex-partner Casey, um, so there's a whole story there as to the fact that he's an ex-cop and what does that mean, and um, the fact that she's helping him out kind of in exchange for every once in a while, you know throw her a bone so she can like you know uh close some cases um yeah the the young detective that's her partner now robert who's kind of the intro to the world character a little bit because he's just kind of finding out about this guy's deal the same way the reader is um i like the idea of somebody just being like what like this shouldn't be (laughs) this is wrong (laughs) and everyone's just kind of cool with this um yeah, yeah, his uh, his driver, uh, Henry, is kind of just briefly in issue one, but as we kind of go on, um, 
uh, you kind of understand his role in Newburn's life a bit more, and um, he brings a bit more of a, a lightness to the world. Um, Emily, who we meet here, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, she obviously becomes kind of a, a key figure in his in his life. Uh, and then, yeah, the, one of the, one of the cool things is. I think it's around issue three. We really kind of get into the crime families, Ooh, which nice. is uh, which is which is a lot of fun. Like kind of setting that up and how they interact with each other and mm-hmm. uh, what their feelings are about Nurburgrin, um, depending on where they've entered the story. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's one of the cool things about doing like these creator-owned comics is kind of building the world as you go. Um, you know, with Marvel and DC, you've got the world like. I know yeah. what Gotham City is like. Yeah. It's bad. I don't know if you heard <laughs> yeah, the news. It's not a good, not a good, not a good city. News, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, or, you know, Marvel's New York. Like you, you kind of understand these worlds already and you're playing with them. But here we get to kind of like, oh, hey, wouldn't it be cool if there's this element and that element and these kind of characters? So that part's been a lot what's, of fun. What's, what's cool about this world is like all the edges are fuzzy for everyone, basically. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and that kind of push pull you can be doing uh basically every everywhere i feel like it yeah. gives you so much f- sort of freedom and uh runway to go anywhere with this yeah yeah it's yeah so i mean so far it's been a ton of fun i'm hoping to kind of keep jacob drawing as long as i can before he realizes he can do better Aw. Oh, no. He hey, he can't do better. Okay? He can't do better than you. Yeah. Ed Brew Baker come you. along and like oh. Sean's starting to get a little sick and all of a sudden Ed's got his claws into Jacob. I'm like, oh god. Sean threw a knee. Sean threw a yeah. knee. You're up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, this is a little bit of a swerve away from this, but still talking about Image Comics. One of the big news items of this week, of course, was that the Image Comic workers are forming a union. Is, <gasps> I know, God forbid. Uh, is that anything that from, because you've done Image Comics books before, you're doing one now. Yeah, is yeah. that anything you've started to uh, broach the subject with them about? Is there any support they're looking from writers or artists or... I have had I have had no communication with I mean I talked to one of my buddies at Image mm-hmm. when I saw the news just to see like hey what's going on hey what does this mean um, <laughs> yeah yeah and like uh, they were one of the people who didn't know about any of this <laughs> so and I'm, I'm not I'm not talking higher ups like I'm, yeah. I'm talking like a, a kind of uh, on the production side of things um, but but no one's I mean there's been no uh, statement from Image to the creators. Unless I've been left off that list, which would not surprise me. Um, uh, And I haven't had any kind of talks with anyone there. Like, obviously, all the kind of the writers and the artists are all like, we're all in the back rooms being like, oh, did you hear? What what do you think? What should should we do? What's what's going on? Um, uh, I I will say that I'm uh, pro-union. And I also see how hard uh, they work for how uh, little money and uh, the amount of time that is kind of um required of them but that goes that goes the same for marvel mm-hmm. frankly like yeah. you know I've, I've heard a lot of horror stories over the past decade about like how little <laughs> some staff get paid and how many hours they have to yeah. work while you know for the most part living in new york city which is impossible mm-hmm. um and like all these companies ultimately prey on the fact that we love comics yeah yeah you know 100 percent 
creators do the work even if the pay is isn't that good you know people that work within the companies do the work even if the pay and the benefits aren't good um you know there's always the danger because like oh okay then the company fires everyone because there's a lineup of people willing to do these jobs for almost nothing which is mm. super super unfortunate so i mean I, I i wish the image workers uh well and i'll support them any way i can um uh, I think I think ultimately, like, image is so pro creator. Like, it was started by creators um, because Marvel was taking all the money. Yeah. Um, so now we have a situation where uh, probably the result is going to be some image creators are going to have to like maybe make less money off their books in order to like help finance people having living wages at Image, mm -hmm. which I think is totally fair. I don't know if it means like title cut or what, or what the thresholds are going to be. I don't know. I'm getting in the weeds a little bit here, but um, uh, ultimately I just want uh, the workers to be fairly compensated for their time. Yeah. Do you see, uh, I mean, this is asking you very much to prognosticate, but if they are successful and this does continue and it, it seems progressive, is it the sort of thing you could see comic book writers unionizing as well? Uh, that's a lot trickier because there are kind of, there are laws against it because it's, um, it's price setting um yeah. you know there there are always i mean like i don't know since i started doing comics like there are always discussions every few years um there's always somebody who's kind of like you know shaking the cage a little bit and going like oh what if we join this union or what if we join that union and um right uh and like uh, those are all possibilities but uh it's a little bit like wrangling cats <laughs> and the problem is still essentially the same, which is the lineup of people who are willing to do it for, for less. And also, yeah. comics don't yeah. make that much money. Like, yeah. uh, ultimately, like people think, you know, they'll, they'll see like issue whatever of Batman will sell a hundred thousand units and whatever. Okay, well they, by the time that money gets divvied up in the production, the editors, the lawyers who work there, the salespeople that work there, like. There's, there's not. I don't think there's actually a lot of money in the actual production of comics. It's the IP, really. Yeah. Like you know, if you generate a character like Miles Morales, and all of a sudden, like, oh, okay, <laughs> the money we're sticking into this makes there's sense. some value there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, the market's always just kind of holding on by a thread. I don't think there's a lot of people kind of getting rich off of it. But again, that being said, you can probably stand to divvy up the money a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, on the same note, you've been experimenting with Substack, right? Which is yeah, yeah. does feel like a very specific way for creators to take control of their own destiny. Yeah. How has that been working out so far? There was a lot of fuss and hand wringing when it first came out, but it oh, seems sure. like, yeah. as always, yeah. But it seems like people are actually trucking along and experimenting with things. So, how's it been working out for you? Yeah, I mean, it's been great. I mean, uh, the only downside is just how quickly it all happened. <laughs> like uh, like the conversations happened in the summer and next thing we knew like a couple months later we're launching and i think a lot of us are just like okay well we need to make comics like, yeah. <laughs> like there's, there's no, this machine we built yeah yeah there's there's no time but it's such a great opportunity that um a bunch of us dug in and there's a lot more to come to like i know kind of the other names that are um kind of working on their sub stacks before launching them um and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Like the fact that a company's willing to kind of like pay some money to have us just kind of make our own stuff and 
and and kind of create a little home for ourselves online has been been wonderful like you know i i enjoy the internet as much as anyone but frankly <laughs> oh. uh, uh the social media gets a bit too much and being able to kind of pull away from that and having a bit of a walled garden mm-hmm. where i'm like if you want to yell at me you have to pay seven bucks a month <laughs> <laughs> guess what nobody does that uh, you're paying the seven yeah. bucks a month you're going there to be like oh like a, i have a question about daredevil or the coloring process or whatever and um and and that's fun and engaging uh i've quite enjoyed having that little oasis <laughs> Uh, would you have a question that's... here in the comments? This is from Derek yeah, yeah. Reinhardt. Says, any chance for some physical copies of Captara? Yeah, I mean, that's the plan. I just don't know what kind of format it's going to be in, like whether or not we kind of continue to do them as the single issues or if we just just do the uh, like a, a second trade of it to complement the first one that was put out years ago. I, I'm leaning towards single issues because there were a bunch of people that collected the single issues and it would probably be nice for them to like for their OCD to have that, you know, format <laughs> <Yeah>. continue. <laughs> um, but also, part of me is also like, well, you know, trades are kind of the future, collections are the future, so maybe we should just do that. But um, yeah, for sure, absolutely, we're going to put it out in, in some sort of print format. And uh, the same goes for um, uh, Public Domain, which is the one that I've been writing and drawing there. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, as we have been talking about Marvel, and as you mentioned, you're also still working on Daredevil, which is yeah. awesome. Uh, the, yeah. I think it was the yeah, last issue. There were several Daredevils and several Bullseyes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like I'm it? running out of ideas. Like, put in another Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> if you uh, like one Bullseye, buckle up. Ooh, I got more. Wait till you that. meet the King Pins. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to that note, like, do you still feel like the story is always going to be about Matt Murdock or do you feel like it's branched out enough that it's about multiple characters at the same time? I mean, if you kind of look at my run from the beginning, it's never really just been about Matt Murdock. Like mm-hmm. uh, Cole North and Wilson Fisk were kind of really integral in the early issues and Fisk's storyline, especially continuing on. Yeah, um, love story arc going on right now. I know, I know. And then like the, the electra of it all, like, uh, I, I knew she was going to become Daredevil, but I also didn't realize how much I'd enjoy her being Daredevil. And so that's kind of like yeah. enabled me to dig in a bit more with her story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an ensemble kind of thing. Um, it's funny. I'm going to be doing like a, uh, like a mini class for Scott Snyder's Substack thing about, mm-hmm. um, about uh, character arcs, character development. And, you know, I think we were going to look at Daredevil, but I'm like, but I don't want to do Matt Murdock. I want to do Wilson Fisk. Like, mm. I want to talk about that because yeah. Matt Murdock has obviously been the sole focus <laughs> of Daredevil as a title. And he's gone through every conceivable high and low um, that it's kind of hard to find, like, a new angle on it. Like, even I'm just, I'm rehashing Frank Miller and I'll absolutely you know <laughs> cop to it like the first 20 issues is him being broken down and built back up like that's born again but your take's different because your spotlight yeah. is not on daredevil your spotlight widened out to see everybody watching him because honestly in this yeah. most recent issue uh it, he's shown up being like Hey, what have you guys been doing here without me? I was over here. You guys know I was in yeah, jail, yeah. and everyone's like, "Sorry, we're busy here, dude. We're all there. Get out of here." Well, that's the thing. Like everything's been done to the character, so you have to like kind of find just your new angle, your new twist to it. Like he's been to prison, 
so what was the new angle the twist here the twist is you know he went as daredevil this time and uh and he wanted to go and uh and he sees the flaws in the system this time around a bit more so than he did before um you know because i even with that storyline i knew like i knew it was coming from issue one like where he was going to be and i'm just like i'm just waiting for people to be like what you're doing that again i'm like well first of all it was done 15 (laughs) years ago 20 years ago and second of all we're we're doing a different thing with it um well what i I like about it is he's sort of the begrudging leader of a team of daredevils now and he has to like like that feels like that feels so new i've never seen that yeah or maybe he's not the leader yeah, but it's even worse. Even worse. Well, something that really struck me in the last issue, uh, seeing Elektra as Daredevil and enjoying your take on that character so much, is I was thinking about other reinventions that we've talked about a lot on the show, but things like when Bucky became Cap or when Dick yeah, Grayson yeah. became Batman. But this feels different, and I think a lot of why it feels different is Matt Murdock is still around. So it yeah. doesn't even necessarily feel like, well, this is the new daredevil so much as this is a new take on electra trying to figure it out what does it mean while i'm wearing this daredevil costume and that feels so fresh and exciting oh thanks yeah uh i've had a lot of fun with it i'm just like one of my favorite parts of this whole process was the fact that we kept it a secret too like yeah. there was no there was no like teasing of it there's no like reveal in like new york times or whatever before we did it like uh, i convinced marvel to just be like hey let's let the readers actually enjoy picking up the issue and going <laughs> nice. up to the car or whatever and then hitting that point and going like what like yeah. uh yeah that that was a lot yeah, of fun that day that's old well, what's school it, comics what's interesting yeah. to you about typhoid mary as well as a character because it's so interesting oh, to man. have her thrown into this run yeah yeah like I've gone on record many a time uh, and stated that Anne Nascenti and John Romita Jr.'s run of Daredevil is my favorite run. Mm. And Typhoid Mary is just like a huge, huge part of that. Like um, the way she manipulates uh, uh, Matt and Fisk during that run. It's just, it's beautiful storytelling um, and super sexy. Like it's, it's yeah. weird. Like there's a fight scene in that run between like her and, Fisk, and then like she sets you know his jacket on fire and he takes it off and he slaps her and she slaps him and next thing you know they're like they're doing it i'm just like what a 14 year old me was just like <laughs> oh whoa like, this, this is this. possible i think this is the hottest thing i've ever seen um and uh i like the fact that, you know over the years like any character she's had her highs and her lows and her uh her mixed relationships with uh you know fisk especially um but but planting her in the early issues of Daredevil as this nun, and then kind of revealing that that was Fist trying to take care of her, uh, um, that was also pretty satisfying uh, to see people freak out when it was revealed. Um, and yeah, like I mean, her and Fist kind of need each other. I think the longer I was writing it, um, the more I kind of saw a clearer path for the two of them and mm-hmm. what their kind of their individual stories were. Her trying to get better him trying to figure out what um what a life of contentment is and uh and yeah them them kind of realizing it's each other by the end of 35 uh yeah it was pretty awesome and it's uh, yeah. romantic smooth sailing from now on right yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, it's all <laughs> no, fine no, yeah no, both are yeah it's not like we have an event where fisk loses his mind it's fine <laughs> 
Uh, I feel like so much of Daredevil is always him hurting other characters and just like trying to take care of everybody. And it feels like your run is like, you know what? These characters can handle themselves. What if we just let them? And it that's that's where I feel like the real power is, like you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we let you go, what else is going on? You always have a lot of other titles that you're working on. You've oh, got just uh... a second. Just <laughs> yeah. a second. I'm going to pull open the sheet. All right. You've got you've got spider even shadow, pulling the right? sheet open. Even pulling the sheet open feels like a stress. I, no, it really is. Like it's, I've, I've designed uh, a chart with everything and where wow. I have to be and what's going how, on. How are you doing on the chart? You doing okay? No. <laughs> oh, no, it's sorry. bad. Oh. It's bad. Um, all right, I'm going to go through the list. So, uh, Captara, which I'm uh, loving. Kagan's drawn the hell out of it. Uh, Public Domain, which is the one that I'm writing and drawing, which obviously takes up most of wow. my day, um, which is a stupid move on my part. Uh <laughs> Newburn's chugging along. Uh, Jacob's drawing issue seven. It's awesome. Um, the All Nighter is the one I'm doing with Comicsology with Jason Liu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, first two issues of that just came out. Superhero vampire fun. Um, uh, we're doing a second series of that, so Jason's in the middle of drawing that. Uh, Stillwater with Skybound. Yeah, um, yes. yeah R- Ramon. Oh, oh just Ramon's so good. Awesome. Yeah. He's so good on it. Plus uh, that book. Sorry to interrupt you, but that book I feel like. You ta- you've taken turns in that, that, especially you're doing so many things to take the time to really be like, I'm going to do a bunch of swerves over here that I have <laughs> yeah, to yeah. think about. Is, yeah. It's really cool. Uh, I'm glad you like that because, like, yeah, those are fun to write. And um, we have the big swerve coming up in issue 12, uh, which I'm super excited for, uh, which has been kind of in the outline from the beginning. Um, let's see, uh, Daredevil. Even though issue 36 is the last issue of Daredevil, that's stupid. We're continuing Daredevil. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was one of those things where it's like, because we're doing, we're doing this Marvel event, Devil's Reign. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I kind of said to my editor, I'm like, well, this is like, this is the Daredevil book. Like, it's myself and Marco, and it's a continuation of that story with major ramifications for the character. So what am I supposed to do over in the Daredevil title? Like, let's just stop publishing it. And then mm-hmm. started again at the end of Devil's Reign. He's like, okay, that sounds good. And then Marvel puts out a press release. Final issue of Daredevil, issue 36. I'm like, what? Oh, God. <laughs> so Daredevil is back after, yeah, Daredevil is back after um, Devil's Reign wraps. Um, I'm doing an Electra miniseries um, that's running alongside Devil's Reign because uh, there was too much story for her in Devil's Reign, so I wanted to make sure we had some space for that. This already feels like too much, this list. Yeah, it's a bit much. Um, I got another miniseries from Marvel (laughs) that, it's a slow one because the artist is taking their time on it. Um, They're on issue two right now, and I don't think I need to give a script for issue three for another three months. Um, But that's going to be be cool. It's it's one of those ones where uh, my favorite editor in the world, Tom Brevoort, uh, who I did um, uh, Life Story with and Marvel 2 and 1, he approached me yeah. about this. An idea he's been kicking around for years. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in. So oh, wow. that's going to be fun. Cool. And then uh, over at DC, I'm doing a Batman book hmm. called uh, The Night uh, with Carmine D. Yeah. Giancarnado. I'm so bad at his name. <laughs> um, it's a 10-issue mini maxi series. Um, about Bruce Wayne traveling the world, uh, uh, learning from the masters to become Batman. 
and Ooh. that's been that's been a lot of fun kind of that sounds awesome kind of kind of rewriting and integrating kind of past stories of you know his relationships with the people who trained him uh and coming up with new figures and uh yeah yeah it's, it's been a lot of fun issue one of that is like probably my favorite thing i've written it's a lot oh, of fun oh wow oh wow yeah, i can't wait for, for that yeah. justin are you taking out a pad so you can write down all this stuff yeah. just trying to yeah i'm gonna write down see i was like <laughs> write a list of stuff you're doing Interesting <laughs> it's, <idea>. fu- <laughs> it's funny um uh i told my wife i would say no to everything from here on out um because i just kind of want to pair back and just i would just do daredevil and just do some creator own and that's it mm-hmm. um and then just before i got on here i was having dinner with her and i was just like so i've got an idea for a comic <laughs> <laughs> and like the look on her face was just like oh, i'm never seeing you again oh, yeah i pitched a comic idea to another i pitched a comic idea to another comic writer and an artist today and i'm just like i'm waiting for them to say yes and i'm hoping they say no because I'm too stupid. <laughs> well, I don't know oh, which man. way to hope, but I'm very yeah. excited about all of that stuff. Yeah. New Burn is awesome. I can't wait cool. for people thanks. to see it tomorrow. Uh, thank Chip, you. So thank good. you so much for coming back on the show. It was yeah, good thanks you. for having me. Great good seeing you too. You. All right. All right. See you soon, man. Good luck. All right. There we go. Once again, Chip oh, Snarsky. The book is called New Burn. It's from Image Whew. Comics, and it comes out tomorrow, and it is great. That guy's hilarious. It. Yeah, and doing a lot of stuff. Too much, man. Too much, Too man. Much. What? What just happened? Huh? Uh, Justin, you said something, then we didn't hear you. We I said, feels it. busy. Oh, oh feels busy. busy. Oh, there we go. I'm glad we stopped the show for that. Bruce Wayne may appear to be a wealthy playboy, but beneath this facade, his true identity is that of the Batman, waging an endless war against crime. Join the Cape Crusader in Batman, the audio adventures, the first scripted audio original featuring Batman and his villainous rogues gallery in a world premiere story of life and death in Gotham City, debuting exclusively on HBO Max, starring Jeffrey Wright as Batman and a who's who of incredible Saturday Night Live alums. This rollicking adventure told across 10 episodes is written and directed by Emmy winner Dennis McNichols, including devilishly delightful original music by Doug Bossy and performances by Rosario Dawson, John Liguizamo, Chris Parnell, Melissa Villanueva, Seth Meyers, Jason Sudeikis, Brooke Shields, Fred Armisen, and many, many more. Go to hbomax.com backslash Batman Audio Adventures for more and stream Batman, the audio adventures only on HBO Max. Yeah. We're going to continue with our next section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It's your audience questions. <laughs> and for audience questions, all you have to do is drop a question either in the comments Just over on YouTube one. or ask a question over here on Crowdcast. We've already talked about what we're drinking, which is usually what we kick this off with. But anybody drinking anything new? No, Pete. Still the same. I had a full on, uh, full pour of this, mm-hmm. and I'm really enjoying it. I, I have some backup over here, and I'm already getting a little uh, schnockered. Oh, oh, what we? Uh, <laughs> what did I call <laughs> it last week when he says uh, full? I forget. Uh, Doctor Zalvin has entered the <laughs> frame or something. 
That's I don't know. too many bits we, to keep track yeah, of. Too many bits, bits to keep track of. Let's go to the question here. This is from Jolene. Since rereading so many 90s comics, I've noticed all superheroes look cooler with jackets. What hero that hasn't previously worn a jacket would you like to see wear a jacket? I'll tell you what, before we get into specifics, I'll mention this is my big hesitation with Eternals, honestly, is because you got Dane uh, Whitman, no Black jackets? Knight. You got Dane Whitman, Black Knight. You got Cersei. Two characters famous for wearing those Famously short jacketed. little Avengers jackets. Right. Sleeves rolled up. up. Sleeve, rolled I'm up a, sleeves. I'm as far as I've seen, I mean, I've only seen the trailers and everything, but no jackets. Real bummer. Yeah. I mean, they probably I mean, took the That movie's going to be a failure. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the jackets, screams the audience. I mean, shouts to, like, Rogue, the ultimate jacket jacketed oh, yeah. hero i feel like mm-hmm. i mean gambit also uh, i mean i my my son we're going very far afield, 90 superboy yes jean jacket yeah. my son asked me about rogue this weekend he was doing a superhero crossword like find the word puzzle and he was like what are what are rogue's powers and i was like oh wait until i tell you this is really <laughs> fucked up Oh my but god. You should grab your son and like let me tell you You rogue. You grabbed him by you his jacket. Rogue? And... Yeah, I grabbed him by the short sleeves of his jacket. Uh who would look better with the jacket though? That was actually the original question. Um Well, who hasn't worn a jacket? Mm. Um at one point. Mm. I feel like that was a definitely a design thing for so long. Superman you don't see in a jacket very often. You don't. Yeah. Does you don't. Superboy, 90 Superboy count as Superman in a jacket though? No, totally different. Okay. Uh, Power said he had tactile telekinesis. Obviously, I think we're all aware sure. of that. Obviously, Do I yeah. talk about that enough? No. Uh, Spider-Man? Spider-Man wearing a jacket? War jacket? A clone, uh, clone Spidey? Yeah, jacket clone Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. right. Ben Riley, are you talking about the hoodie? That's a hoodie, not a jacket. No. Uh, uh, well, the, yes, that. But also, there was a jacket being There was a jacket, by, yeah. Okay. By... Uh, one of those characters for a while. Mm. Um, hmm. Punisher? Punisher with a nice short sleeve jacket? Don't. Pete? Oh, like yeah. a windbreaker. No, Punisher had a bunch of different cool a jackets. A jean jacket? Not, none. <laughs> a jean jacket with sequin skulls on it? Yeah, he had a well, starter like a members only a jacket. Yeah, members only. Yeah, <laughs> with a couple bullets in the pocket, and you could see him through the jacket. I do agree with uh, Jolene there that uh, Ben Grimm with a jacket better, just better. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, he did have a jacket for a while. But it, didn't he wear a jacket when he had the helmet over his face after his face was messed up by Wolverine? I want to say. Yeah, maybe it was messed up by Wolverine. I don't remember whether he had a jacket though. Definitely had a mask though. I remember that. Yeah, that was a weird time in the 90s. Um, I feel like, um, I mean, the problem with with superhero jackets is the cape takes the place of a lot of jackets. Mm-hmm. Uh, cape, a famously horrible jacket. Wind gets right underneath that thing. Oh, yeah. Not going to keep I'd, you warm. I'd love to see the thing with a cape, though. That would be fun. <laughs> totally inappropriate. <laughs> standing around in a loose yeah. cape. Just his rocks fluttering in the wind. It would be a rock cape, is what it would be. I don't be. think he rocks flutter in the wind. I don't know. I'm a geologist. Rocky so cape. That's true. Here, this is... Oh, <laughs> bye, Pete. Pete's out of here. <laughs> uh, this is from The Big over on YouTube. Have you guys seen the animated version of The Long Halloween? Thoughts? 
Pete, I feel like if anybody's seen it, you're probably the most likely you've you've actually uh, watched some of those movies. Oh, uh, I would. Uh, I'm. Thank you for the wreck. I'll go check that out. Um, okay. Yeah, that that sounds fun. Um, I I know I've said this before. I'm not super into the animated. Here we go. Well, I'm not super into the DC animated movies. I know a lot of people like them, but just because they don't have the look of the comic book, I feel like I would rather. With something like that, Tim Sale, for example, is so iconic in his look. Right. To see something that is relatively generic animation, not interested. Wait, you're saying well, that and they, I think made, I... they made an animated and didn't use Tim Sale's art? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes. Oh. That is what I'm Well, they have to have that. other artists draw the animation. They can't just take the pictures from the comic and somehow animate them. Well, yeah. why wouldn't like you some just sort give of Tim Sale a bunch comic. of money to kind of like, yeah. you know. I don't think he does that. Uh, but I, I agree with you, Alex. And a lot of times I feel like with those adaptations, it's sort of like, let's take this great story and cut it down into a format that we want to just do for this. And it, mm-hmm. it ends up sort of short shrifting the story, I feel like. Well, I'm with, honestly, I'm with Pete about this, that I feel like it is the sort of thing where you could maybe take a look at Tim Sales art, get somebody who is more of a iconic uh animator or somebody who is like okay i'm gonna take the style we're gonna work in the style and figure it out that would be really interesting i don't think frankly it would work as well or make as much money and certainly not be as quick or easy to make and that's probably the reasons for why they don't do it (laughs) that was like nine reasons why not well yeah i mean that's why like they're sending it off to an animation studio somewhere they're doing it with mostly the same voices and a couple of like b or c level celebrities doing the voices of batman and superman for most of this stuff and they're probably serviceable well no they're probably serviceable and good down Fucking but, shots fired. Don't be an asshole. But it's that's the sort of thing. Somebody wants to be like, that was cool, and turn that on on HBO Max, and that's it. I don't think they necessarily want to be challenged by something that has a art style that they spent millions of dollars on over the course of five years to make. You know, that's not that's well, not. Don't what make long Halloween here. then. You know what I mean? Like, if you're gonna make it, fucking make it. It's an industry, though. Like, they announced this at DC Fandom. They ran through five or six animated movies that are coming up based on storylines, some original, some not. And that's what they're trying to get out there because there is an audience for that. They know that. Um, And it just... It's not that it's necessarily cheap to make, but it's cost-effective is probably the way of saying it. Well, just people want to watch those animated movies and TV shows. Like, there's just a huge market Mm -hmm. for those, so they want to keep uh, feeding that. And it makes sense. Like, a lot of people who don't read comics uh, want these stories. So like I'm for making them. Um, but I just do think there needs to be a little bit more time and creative uh, mm-hmm. energy put into the development uh, of them. Yeah. This is from stray bullet over on crowdcast. Given the stigma around the Punisher symbol. Now, is there any way to pull it back to nerdum and lose the militaristic bad law enforcement stigma? Jerry Conway made an attempt to acclaim it for a BLM fundraiser, but I still have to explain to new employees that my Punisher apron isn't a nod to rogue cops and lawless military. <laughs> I also <laughs> miss the Punisher having a series who should write a new series and save the Punisher or is the Punisher a bygone character? Uh, first of all, Stray Bullet, just want to recommend to you, having your apron stuff with so many guns is probably part of what's giving them the wrong impression. That's the worry. Yeah. yeah. And that yeah, your, sous you chef, use... your sous chef is named Microchip. That's another problem. 
and a lot of instead of actually but it's, cutting it's up, cooking guns. instead of butchering it's not instead of normal butchering guns it. it's it's cooking instead guns cooking guns yeah we Cut all have to cooking. get our jokes out <laughs> we all want to say our jokes instead of butchering your meat you're just lighting it up with an uzi which is while it does cook it a little bit as you uh oh man have you up. ever had a lightly uzi meat it's mm, uh <laughs> just very, you really taste. medium rare on all the different spots <laughs> yeah <laughs> they actually the six taste is uzami Oh wow! <laughs> oh, Go to that's sleep, the joke Dad. we shouldn't have Go let out. To sleep. <laughs> that's the one we should have stopped at. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> well, that's tough. I mean, you know. Um... Oh, straight bullet says never mind. <laughs> oh no, but it's 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 hard because as someone who does rock uh, Punisher stuff out in the public, it is a conversation, and it is you do get dirty looks. And, you know, I, you know, I don't want to go around being like, cops are awesome. Look at my skull. That's not, you know, it sucks that something you love got taken and put other places. But it is important that the people who are passionate about it still kind of be like, yo, don't fucking yuck my yum. Don't try to. I'm not making this statement. I'm making this statement. So don't yuck my yum, cops. (laughs) Uh well, let me say, uh, Jolene's comment, I think, is apt here. Um, I think it's probably too hard to take something that was co-opted by horrible people. And I, I, I agree. Um, it is hard to take something back, especially in the short term. In the long term, if it eventually fades away from that, from being uh, a symbol of that, then maybe. But I would also say, like, Pete, you wearing a Punisher t-shirt, to me, doesn't have the same connotation as seeing someone with a pin or a bumper sticker that feels like they're trying to say something when you feel like there are people wearing Punisher t-shirts feels more comic book. Cause I can't imagine a cop wearing a Punisher t-shirt being like, mm-hmm. this is me. It feels like much more of a subtle thing. Cause that's part of the sort of symbolism is a little like a nod. It's about the subtlety and the sort of insidious nature of it. Well, and I do think part of take this is going to sound very dumb, but part of taking it back is taking it back. You know, just you wearing the Punisher T-shirt and being a good guy, Pete, and talking to people and explaining it to them, that is part of it. You know, it's not going to combat the greater negative necessarily, but it's going to chip away at a little bit person by person, and that's part of the way of doing it. Uh, but, oh, go ahead, Justin. I was just gonna say, and it's like it's too bad. Like this is someone, a, a character that I know, Pete. You really like, and something, and to have people take it and identify it for all the wrong reasons about being like. And again, this is I'm. I guess I'm sort of speaking for you, Pete, because I do think the Punisher is too violent, and and that's I think is what all of these people who are taking that symbol because it, it is a lot of cops, but it's a lot of other people who are being like, I like being violent because I'm above the law. And I think what the Punisher, there's a little bit more nuance and subtlety to it throughout the run. And some of it is about like trauma and like America and what it means. He becomes like a a sort of avatar for the violence of America when it comes to it's crime. It's like, fine, I'll just people. wear a t-shirt that says, I hate picnics, if that's what we really have to do now. You know what I mean? <laughs> Honestly, that's a pretty okay. good idea because I know you hate <laughs> eating outside on a on a blanket. Too. Yeah, you know what we could do is we could make a T-shirt that's the skull shape, but it says "I hate picnics." Yeah, and it kind of looks like a skull. 
Now I have to do that, right? All right, I'll make myself do that. <laughs> that's all that's worth. Add that to yeah. our T-shirt, our I underserved hate. merch department. <laughs> yeah. I hate uh, Threadless.com slash comic book club. There's a Woo! bunch of weird stuff there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of inside stuff. jokes. Surely our, our merch is only one-off jokes we've told on this random <laughs> podcast over the years. Occasionally I'll be like, oh, remember this T-shirt? I'm like, I barely know what that means. I have a one about <laughs> Phil Collins that I'm just like. <laughs> yeah, I don't even. I, I think that. that was a from the Deadly Class podcast. I've had my Phil, Phil Donahue. I've had my uh, Phil Donahue. Is that I what it is? I can't get my Phil Donahue or something like that. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Because I, I, I actually like the shirt. It's a really nice design. Shouts to Alex. Um, it, it, it's a funny t shirt, even if you don't know what it means. But I'm like, I'm struggling to remember what it means. And I was definitely there for it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I get a lot of weird looks with my uh, Wahhabis T-shirt on. Mm. That's you, though. That is, is <laughs> that is something that is a intrinsically Pila Page. Yeah, it's a lot to explain, though. Uh, over on YouTube, got a comment from God Loves Comics. League of Legends has a new NF a Netflix animated series coming out, Arcane, that looks visually amazing, but computer animation, of course. Oh, there's a little discussion about animation going on here um by the way i'll mention i've seen the first couple of episodes of arcane and uh, thoughts are embargoed until it comes out oh uh <laughs> michael lynch says what's the wackiest weird ideas from comics y'all think would be cool to be seen on the big screen interesting weird ideas some of the yeah, stuff that ideas. is unlikely to make the transition to mm-hmm. the big screen I mean, I'm surprised Eternals is a, a movie. Uh, for me, that was always like a weird thing that Marvel did that I didn't understand and was never one of my favorites. So I was just like very surprised that this it's a movie. I can see that. I think a lot of there's been a lot of discussion over the past couple of weeks about Jack Kirby stuff in general and how because it's so visual and so insanely world building, it doesn't inherently translate into specifically movies, maybe TV, just because you're stretching out the storytelling a little bit and there's a little more room, but something like that or new gods, I think there's tricky. It's a little tricky Two that I throw out that they haven't quite gotten yet. though. certainly Marvel has been leaning into the first one a little bit. First two thoughts that came to mind were Howard, the duck is, weird uh and uh squirrel girl haven't we but the the, squirrel what? girl yes I'll, I'll give you that howard the duck are they jamming howard the duck down our throats at this point like we they've get teased it, it a bunch of times the they have teased, they've been teased. he's in all this he shows up all the time he's drinking a martini he's like he's not doing anything i'm like we get the whole howard the duck thing Either well that's what i'm saying is if we're talking about like a full-on actual new modern howard the duck movie that would be a stretch yeah. That yeah. would be tricky for them to do correctly. I think using our guest Chip Zdarsky, they could certainly use his run as a model. 100%. Yeah, uh, but it would be tough. Pete's not. Well, let me, He's got to get. Oh, there he is. Let me throw this out here, and this will make Pete leave for sure. Like, <laughs> give me a real comic booky X Men. That is mm. weird. That will be weird, even if it's the current run um, where we're getting into Don't. all of that Don't. stuff, or almost any era of the X Men is not easy. To be like, this is a movie. No problem. I can tell all these stories. Look at the X-Men movies. They are obtuse in ways that have made them fall out of like what we rewatch as fans for as for comic book movies. So like 
give me a real X-Men story that you can make work where the characters get to be weird and themselves. And it isn't about posturing and being cool because I feel like that's so much what of what the X-Men have been in any other platform outside of comics. Uh, let me ask you guys, are you going to go see Eternals this weekend? I'm going to go see it on Thursday. Saturday night, baby. I already yeah. have Seriously? tickets. Yeah. yeah. You're not seeing it, Pete? Well, uh, no, I got big plans yeah. this weekend. I if got no time. If you don't support Marvel, then it might go away. Pete, what could you possibly um, be planning above Eternals that you'd have to go see? Uh, well, it's my Aunt Marge's 80th birthday party this weekend. Ooh, she's an Eternal. The, the yeah. ra-cha-cha to get my fill on garbage plates, baby. Yeah. Do you know what's going to happen there? You're going to get there, and she's going to be like, I need to go see Kigo in action. My favorite Eternal, Kigo. <laughs> yeah. I definitely know what you're talking about. Um, Pete, how many garbage plates do you think you're going to eat this weekend? And Minimum zero, three. That's fine. Minimum three. Minimum three. Now, that's considered a meal, though, right? Yeah. So th- uh, that's going to be half of your meals while you're there? <laughs> is that uh, one day breakfast lunch and dinner or are we talking several days uh, yeah we're talking i'm gonna be there you know three nights so it's every night once i'm drunk enough boom garbage oh you're me. talking a late night you're talking a fourth meal a hashtag taco bell's fourth meal of garbage plate <laughs> that's right uh great um that's very i because when you said i'm gonna eat these for three meals i'm like a breakfasting on a garbage plate is truly raccoon behavior that's truly i'm eating I've out of a it. trash bin i'm not above it there's no way is there a breakfast garbage plate does that exist i'm sure someplace has um, it i don't know yeah it's called any hotel buffet <laughs> <laughs> fair enough this is from kevin says what's a title you love where you hate the main character or characters hmm. Ooh, great question x-men a lot of time you, what do you Spider-Man. like? <laughs> I mean, the one that I'd say not to come directly for you, Pete, is Punisher. Just because there's been some fantastic runs of Punisher, I'm not disposed to like the character, but I'll read stuff and say, this is really, really good. Yeah, that's my favorite when you're enjoying Punisher and you kind of like hate yourself mm-hmm. for it a little bit. Also, Spawn recently, the King Spawn thing, great. Not particularly into Spawn. I still don't know what his deal is, but that title's very good. I guess, yeah, I'm, I read Spawn for the clock. I just like <laughs> Yeah, you do. Um, love a countdown clock. Love a countdown. I'm going to throw out Batman. I feel like... What? I like the supporting character. I like the Bat family, Alpha. especially in recent years, so much more than I like Batman because wow. they have... They have they have more personality. They have both positive sides and negative sides to their personality. And Batman is always going through it to the point where I'm like, I've seen this person doing yeah, the same you're thing. You're over Batman, is basically what you're saying. Well, I'm just over that like Batman being this joyless like uh, person. It's like if I had to drink gravy at every meal, I'd be like, I hate gravy. Um, but I like oh. the dessert where I get to have a lovely. Uh, yeah, if you get to drink gravy every couple of meals that's a delicious treat is what you're saying (laughs) oh man (laughs) yeah i love starting the day with a full glass of hot gravy that's my garbage plate (laughs) (laughs) 
I love that you guys love on me for being like, oh, what do you eat? When <laughs> Here's the thing, Alex. We joke, you eat it. You eat the stuff that you'd like to eat, that you yeah. can talk about. Like I eat what I want. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's go over to YouTube. We got uh, Nelson Martinez says, oh, here we go. For Justin Pete, what's your favorite episode of Why the Zalbs Man? Oh, man, <laughs> yes. I mean, Why the origin the has got to be my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah? The honey fully took on the mantle of Zalbs. Uh, because he was a mild-mannered um non jobs yeah <laughs> well, i'll try to put this together <laughs> yeah. and then he was like you know what i'm gonna be a mild look at his manner got more mild he milded mm-hmm. his manner yep i remember that that was yeah. a good episode this is from jolene over on podcast <laughs> you don't want us to explore this anymore yeah right? you want you want this to keep going Stretch it out, stretch it out. Since I've been listening to the Sandman audiobooks, do you think the Netflix series will keep all the DC Universe stuff that is present in the story? For those who don't know or haven't read Sandman in a while, it started off as a DC comic book before it moved into Vertigo. It was one of the launch titles for Vertigo. And when that transition happened, it was this weird thing where they kind of hung on to some stuff that they could still use, some of the more adult characters. But then things that didn't necessarily work for the first volume, they left behind. Uh, There was, I think, Martian Manhunter shows up at one point. Superman is in it. Um, There's uh, Etrigan, the demon, did actually stick around, I think. Um, And uh, Our Man, right? Leto Hall is actually a pretty big character going through the entire series. So there are things that they hung on to there, but it was only the things they could. My guess is... And Justin, you're sort of our sad man expert, so please weigh mm-hmm. in. But my guess is they may hang on to things like Lita Hall, but you're not necessarily going to get a Superman showing up or anything like that. That'd be my guess as well. Like that's an easy thing um, because you want with something like that, you want to keep it contained. And if you start to open it up out the comic books, it makes sense why you're sort of reaching out a little bit. Something like this, especially as iconic as it is, you want to keep it contained into its own space. Yeah. I mean, that said, DC has been really pushing the idea of a multiverse and that you can have multiple uh, versions of the character. So having a version of Dr. Fate, it's Dr. Fate, right? Who is in Mm -hmm. Sandman showing up and then also showing up in the Black Adam movie. It seems like that goes with their anything goes policy. So it's possible. But I think it confuse people. Yeah. And who what fan base wants that? neither sort of neither of them is like yes they've connected <laughs> like sandman fans are sandman fans and not necessarily cross uh genre cross superhero genre comic book fans mm-hmm. yeah i guess we'll have to see what happens it's definitely an interesting question uh we got one last one here this is a good one from youtube this is from Corey chachari been following the show for a few years hearing about garbage plates but have never actually learned what it is what is a garbage plate. That's a great Pete? question. And honestly, wow. I think... Every once in a while we get this question. Before Pete answers, Alex, I think you and I should try to lay it out. Don't oh, show... Great. Don't cheat. Don't cheat. <laughs> um, let's go back and forth, Alex. You and I, naming ingredients oh, that we think okay. is in I'll garbage. tell you if it's in the garbage plate or not. Okay. Am I going first? Yes. Right. French fries. Yep. 
macaroni. What what kind of macaroni are we talking about here? Oh God, um, I don't know. <laughs> Cooked? Yeah, no. But are you saying like mac salad? Are you saying like uh, you know macaroni, macaroni and salad? Cheese? Macaroni salad. Yeah, yes, macaroni, macaroni salad. salad. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Uh, ground beef. Yep. Uh, a lot of ketchup. Yep. <laughs> that one was a lot. That was a reach on my part. I can't believe that's true. Cheese. Yep. Okay. <laughs> we're just guessing garbage. Um, <laughs> we're guessing actual garbage. I am going to. Wait, will you tell out... us when we're done? By the way. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. When we finish, um, I'm going to throw beans. out. I'm going to throw out beans. Yeah. Beans. What? Oh, good. Oh, good. Beans. <laughs> Random. I love it's just random beans. No necessary. Don't be. Please don't be. Baked beans. Yeah. Oh, uh, we have a correction here. Is it cheese curds specifically? No. Oh, that's poutine. Yeah. Is, I think what she's that's, that's, and that's you know buffalo in Canada. You know, but uh, yeah, Rochester uh, not mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, garbage. Right, so I'll break it down. Enough of you guys fucking around here. So for your hot base, sauce. you yes. Uh, for your base, you have a lot of Snickers. Options. That's a good no. Snickers bars. No, no Snickers bars. Okay. Oh, I know. Old lettuce that is brown. Nope. <laughs> no. A diaper. Oh, it's served. It's served in a diaper. Served in a diaper. That's a different. Oh, I confuse these. Like Aunt a lot March is an Aunt March. Hey, you, don't you disrespect Aunt March? <laughs> don't you fucking do it? I will. Is Aunt Marge screen. just real quick? I, you're not going to take this the wrong way. Is Aunt Marge going to do one of those things like you put sushi on a naked lady? But oh my thing? god, if I could punch you in the face right now, I would. <laughs> I'm going to fucking text your wife. All right, <laughs> fuck you, man. I'm going to fucking text your wife and have her slap you across the face for that shit. Because that's it's fucking body bullshit. sushi. It's all right, body that's sushi. fucking bullshit. This is a right? body garbage. Go fuck plan. yourself with that. How dare you disrespect Aunt Marge? You son of a bitch. I Honestly, hope you I die tomorrow, Zal. I hope your fucking family has to live without a father. That's, that's respecting her. If she's a Rochester, yes. a true Rochester resident, she knows that dying underneath a garbage plate is the way everyone wants to go out. How dare you? How dare you? Take that back, you son of a bitch. Wait, you were listening to the ingredients. She's a beautiful were, woman that I would love very, to see covered. Don't you dare. We're uh, very well, clear. Well, now you got to do the show by yourself. Aunt Marge is not an ingredient in a garbage plate, but please finish the ingredients in the garbage plate. No, Pete, uh, Pete. He didn't mean it. He didn't I'm mean sorry. it. Well, he can't even hear you, so it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. But he's just looking at his phone. Oh, no. Now he's just looking for sports scores. Let me be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't laughed that hard in quite some time. <laughs> what do you think? Is Pete gonna come back? I'm sorry. Uh, Pete, he's sorry. I am oh Pete's turning around. He wanted Oh he put on his hoodie. Oh, okay. oh he's left. Oh my god. Also, Wait, are you are you actually He separately texted us, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> yeah, he's texting your wife I'm... right now. Oh, straight, I think she's coming downstairs. Say. I'm sorry. Oh, geez, imagine, imagine we see Alex's wife come down and Are slap you sorry? him really hard. Yes, I am. Sorry. I'm sorry. We I'm were sorry. just d- making a joke. It's funny. It's all for fun. 
Yeah. Um, no disrespect. You fucking call your wife, man, when you're acting up, man. This is fucking bullshit. Since when is this a policy we do? We call each other's partners to tell well, on them? Well, if you're acting up, there's no one else to keep you alive. If I'm live in a theater with you, I can fucking rein you in, but... It- you know, he's in his so own world. You're going to call Alex's wife and be like, punch him in the stomach yeah. right now. And you, yeah. you think she's going to be like, okay, and just come down. Also, the amount, Pete, the amount of explanation you're going to have to give her. By that point, the show's over. Be worth it. And let me throw this out, Pete. As someone who is out of line a lot, watch out. This could really come back on you. I'm going to call your wife. I'm going to call my wife on you is what I'm going to do. <laughs> What else is in a garbage plate, Pete? Just okay. to wrap this up. So you can either get French fries, you can get baked beans, you can get macaroni salad, you can get uh, hash browns. Okay, oh, that's just browns. the base. I should have known that. One. Okay, um, uh, anything then, could be garbage. Then it could be you could get two white hots on there. You could get <sighs> two red hots. You could get uh, two patties. You know, uh, some places will do, um, you know, like chicken breast, stuff like that. But that's kind of not what normally happens. If I oh, said, is that hey, like I... the light version, the light version yeah. of the garbage plate is with two yeah. chicken breasts. And yeah. then so like, that's uh, for uh, save that for uh, the cheese Syracuse. would be the American cheese on the cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. And then I do ketchup mustard. But you can do other sites, uh, types of condiments. White and, and red hot, hot t- sauce. The hot sauce is a specialty hot sauce that has meat in it, and it's in this giant stew that kind of simmers all day, um, and that uh, kind of seasons the meat. And you dump that over everything, and then you get two slices of French bread. To kind of let me ask up. you, let me ask you, Pete, were people worried about not getting enough meat, and they were like, "We got to get some meat in the hot sauce." <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're gonna make a hot sauce, you know what I mean, and it's gonna be a real hot sauce, you yeah, you gotta put some meat in there. Um, and uh, there's a question: What are white and red hots? And those are hot dogs. Um, yeah. And let me say, Pete, would I be laughed out of town if I just wanted only one hot dog to go on the top of my stack of meats and cheeses? <laughs> yeah, you, you would get. They would tell you to leave. Wow get out of rochester and i'd be like thank you i've been wanting to get out of here for quite some time (laughs) i've just been waiting for someone to tell me to get out of here it's like the riddle uh to get out of town is like misorder a garbage plate and like you can leave sir thank so some people are asking the difference between a white and a red hot uh white hot is more a kind of like an italian sausage it's a little bit more uh, it's got kind of like a little bit more uh, spice and it's, flavor it, to it. Let me, I've done a lot of research in this because I grew up in Syracuse where we call them conies and I moved mm-hmm. to like basically Coney Island and they were like, we don't know what that is. I was like, we've yeah. been fooled in my town for this for so long. Swigles. It's like a, it's almost like a vice first. It's like a, a hot dog shaped uh, vice first, a little spicier. Yeah. Um, you can get them. Um, you can get them at Wegmans. I found them at Wegmans here in New York. Where the yeah. Wegmanlando's. Yeah. Nice. All right, folks, we're going to move on with our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. All right. Pete LePage. The trivia that almost didn't happen. Here we go. Uh, do we have a person for this or are we? Uh... We sure do. We've oh. got, uh, wait, I'm just making sure I invited the right person. We got Michael Bramwell, who I've invited into the stream right now. He's going to do trivia with us today and compete. For Very a $25 exciting. Midtown gift card. That's right. Pete with Pete. 
25 free dollars Hello. Comments online. Hello, welcome. Great to have welcome. you. Welcome. Oh, thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Uh, thanks for being here, Pete. Yes. All right. So today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend Mortzal. Here we go. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Question number one, what comic book publisher just started a union for its workers? Is it A, Marvel, B, Image, or is it C, Carrie Boucher? So it's either mm. A, Marvel, Discussed not yet, earlier or in the B, show. Image. Yeah, I do remember from earlier in the show. It is B, Image. All right. Nice. Here we go. Question number two. What character will be celebrating 50 years next year and starring in the title A Year of Vengeance? Is it A, Stiltman, B, Ghost Rider, or is it C, Fred Willard? So it's either A, Stiltman, or B, Ghost Rider. I'm going with B, Ghost Rider. Smart. Congratulations. The Stilt of Vengeance, uh, starring Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Here we go. Last one. What comic is coming out December 7th from the writer and artist Jacques? Is it A, Batman One Dark Night, B, Batman One Random Tuesday Afternoon, or is it C, <laughs> Ileana Douglas? So it's either A, which makes oh. sense, or you could be completely wrong. I'll go with A then. A is correct. $25 yes. is yours. Nice. Congratulations. Shouts. Congratulations. We'll get that gift card off to you. Now, do you have a guess about the secret movie that Pete was teasing in his third answers? Oh, not at all. <laughs> all, right. all right. Well, it was you made the Max right choice. Rose. What was it? <laughs> Max Rose. Max Rose. The So what's the plot of that movie real quick, Pete? Well, uh, it's basically the uh, character is dying and he's kind of, uh, you know, uh, going through his life and kind of like living and learning and kind of, uh, you know, appreciating what what he had. You know what I mean? Mm. That's great. That's great stuff. Michael, congratulations. (laughs) We'll get that gift card off to you. Thanks for jumping in. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for listening. All right. There we go. And if you want to compete for a $25 gift card, We have a link that we will send out on Twitter. Also, we dropped it in the chat here. And as we all know, new comic books are coming out all the time. What are you guys looking forward to, Pete? I'm looking forward to... There's a lot of great stuff coming out, but one of them I'm looking forward to is a thing called Truth Number One. Mm -hmm. From Image Comics. Yeah. Anything you want to say about that in particular? Yeah, it's really good. You guys should check it out. (laughs) Great things. We're going to talk about about the stack. So I know. know. Okay. Yeah. He usually says that at the end. Um, I'm going to give it up for Silver Coin number six. Oh, dude. Mm -hmm. Um, Truly, one of it's a horror anthology comic where a different um, creative team uh, comes in, does a, a great standalone horror story, and man, every issue has been good. And they do not shy away from making it horrifying. This issue, I assume, will not be any different. Yeah. I'm going to give a shout out to The Human Target. Number one is a new title from Tom King. So that's always an interesting event. Excited to give that that guy some love. 
Uh, yeah, I hope we got to give that guy some big ups because nobody's paying attention to his work. And that's exactly <laughs> what we're going to do on this week's Stack podcast, which rolls out Wednesday at 9 a.m. in the Comic Book Club feed and also in its own dedicated Stack feed. And folks, that's it for this week's show. Want to thank our guest yeah. Chip Sidarsky for being here. Check out New Bird out from Image Comics tomorrow. It really, really is great. Next yeah, week on the like show, it. Matthew Rosenberg is going to be back to talk oh, about yeah. his new Image Promise book, yeah. What's the Furthest Place from Here? So, always very excited to talk to him. Also, a bunch of stuff to plug. As we mentioned earlier, Why the Cast Man, or Why the Last Man podcast, talk to Eliza Clark, the showrunner, to talk down everything about season one and maybe season two so check that out also lock and key unlocked or lock and key podcast finished up season two but we got one more podcast with you we uh taped with the showrunner of lock and key meredith abel uh great chat with her yes this is uh gonna be coming very soon also star guys our star girl podcast is wrapping up as of tonight, we'll have that episode out soon, and many, many more podcasts are coming your way. Patreon.com slash Comic Book Club. Support the show and all the shows we do. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow. Don't forget to leave us a question in the iTunes reviews. We will be sure to review yes. Alan Moore Swamp Thing. we got to read some Swamp Thing coming up very soon. At Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, good night. Good night, everybody. Shazam March. Happy birthday.